Hey out there, I'm Rain Phoenix. I am here to share with you that we have a new Patreon page for Launch Left. Launch Left is a podcast, a label, a launch pad for left of center artists. It's an intentional space and an ecosystem to talk about art and activism, to talk about changing the culture and the industry from one of competition to one of kindness and collaboration. And for those of you who've heard the podcast, you know this, we bring on known artists who pick the next great emerging artists and the ones that are a little left of center, the ones that are outside the box, the ones that might not make it to a normal commercial public domain, as it were. And so we're bringing those outside the box thinkers and creators, those who have to create from a space of giving and from a space of passion. And we want to highlight them. So this year in 2020, we launched our label and we released nine new artists this year, including Alika's Attic. And we need your help in continuing to grow our roster and continuing to support our artists through PR and promotion, vinyl production, mastering. There are so many ways that we need some support and we are hoping that you will join our Patreon page and do this, but not just for the label, also for the podcast because, hey, what do you think of this idea of us doing like outside acoustic shows? I really like that idea. I mean, I like to play music outside. It's one of my favorite places to be in nature. So think about that too. It'd be super interesting to have shows outside, but guess what that entails? We need equipment, people, manpower. We need to be socially distanced and COVID safe. These are things that require some support. Now, what do you get? Well, check out our Patreon page and you'll find out. I am really excited to share some content that we have shot and kept behind the scenes for this very reason. So become a patron today. Welcome to Launch Left, an intentional space for art and activism, a podcast, a label, a launch pad for left of center artists. My name is Rain Phoenix. Today's guest is Taylor Goldsmith of Dawes. Don't forget to rate and subscribe. Follow us on all socials at Launch Left. Hey, you must be Taylor Goldsmith. Hi. That's, that's me. How's it going? Good. How are you? Thanks for being on Launch Left. Thanks for having me. Making a lot of music these days? Actually, yeah. Normally we put out a record and then we just go straight on tour. And since we can't, um, the only other thing I know how to do is write songs. So I've um, been trying to write more Dawes songs and then also songs for other people. And just um, it's it's been it's been nice to just um, stay on that kick at a time when I thought I would just be playing shows every night. So um, your record's out right now. Well, tell me a little bit about the making of that record. I assume it was before quarantine that you actually tracked it. Is that right? Yeah, it was. And, you know, I think a lot of bands and artists of all kinds considered uh had to ask that question of whether or not it felt appropriate to for it to still come out of the world um and so like when i listened to the record again with that in mind because we recorded it like may june of last year and then we intentionally because we were still on a record cycle um of another album and so we thought like well let's let's press the pause button give give our fans a break from us and like maybe wait till around october to put it out which is what we did but obviously the rest of the world did too and then with all this going on, 
when I listened again through that lens of like, does this still work? Is this, do people want to hear about this? Cause you know, you hear like a great new song about someone who's like talking about a breakup or something. And you're a little bit like, I just don't want to hear this right now. Um, so I, when I listened again, I was like, I still feel confident. I still feel like this stands up on its own two feet. So um, it, it was, it was, it, it, it kind of uh, took on another dimension to it. And I was, um, I was happy that it still worked. I hope other people agree. I don't know. Because of these times, you've made different um, considerations for how you're going to promote it. Can you tell us a little bit about what you have planned? Yeah, I mean, we've we've done some streaming shows. Like on a, we did one on a rooftop, and then now we're gonna we're gonna try a couple drive-in shows. Which I I mean I'm I'm excited. I think that's more just for the fans and for us as just people who to have fun. I, it's not really like a it's, a, it's not an answer to how bands like can survive. Uh, but you know, everybody's dealing with that question. Um, but uh, we're, we're just excited to be able to get on stage and play for people, even though they're going to be in their cars, but maybe they'll flash their brights and honk their horn when they l- particularly like something. <laughs> uh, the audience and uh, m- musician relationship is different. Like the energy is different when it's not just a mass of people there, you know, and they're in their cars. I can't imagine how different that is because I have yet to play a live show myself, you know, since quarantine. I mean, this past year, 2020 has been a humdinger. How have you managed anxiety and, and things that have been troubling to you as an artist? I think I've gotten to a place where I've needed to recognize when I don't have agency over something and then to like to then to back away from it. Um, because and I, and I don't want to sound like a defeatist because there's always more that we can do. But there are some points where like there isn't more you can do. I remember several years ago where I was like refreshing my news feed to see if Kim Jong-un was really going to send the bomb or not. And like it's just me staying up to date wasn't doing anything for anybody, wasn't helping anybody, especially myself. Um, Like that that level of being informed like doesn't do you a lot of favors. And there's certain things that we all are, are making decisions constantly as to what how to what extent we're going to engage a friend of mine said this to me and i think i subscribe to this i don't know um but like he was saying like you know we all like especially if you're a musician or if you whatever you do if it's not devoting your life to the climate then you're not then you don't necessarily have that much agency over this over climate change but you're still a participant in it you're still a person in this world so like figure out what it is you can do figure out all the things you're willing to do that you can do get that tesla if you can go vegan if you can, or if you want to, whatever it is to like, to like what water conservation, whatever it is that, that helps you feel um, like you're contributing. And he's like, and then do your best to never think about it again. And I know that sounds horrible, but it's just like, you can't, you don't have um, that much control over this. So like, like, of course do everything, but then you have to unplug. And Again, I'm just kind of like repeating what he said. I don't want anybody to think that that's necessarily like like how I think, but it makes a lot of sense. And um and I find myself in 2020 being like there are moments where um in order for me to live a healthy life and not to continue to like you know, just burden my body with stress and anxiety about things I have no control over, like polling numbers and shit like that. It's like I need to like I need to tune out and I need to take care of my head. And I, I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm just this, you know, ambassador for like not giving a shit. Cause that's not how I feel. But I just think that there's like you creating 
some sort of discipline for yourself where you are taking mental health into account is um is a big deal for me well i mean it's such a fine line between that kind of like yeah boundaries for your own mental health i'm not someone that that um is is on a daily basis having to 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 deal with some of the things that other people have to deal with so i don't want to say like when i say this stuff i don't mean to make it sound like you know, this is just something that we can all or should all do. I, I'm, I, I, it's all dependent upon the context of the conversation. And so, um, if it's if it's climate change or something, then then that 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 kind of like makes a little more sense to me. When it's something like police brutality and Black Lives Matter, that is something that I struggle with a little more than to just be like, well, I'm just not gonna think about it because I need to take care of me. So I'm gonna go watch a nice movie. Like, it's a little harder. Because it's like people that I care about and people that don't know and people that I do know are suffering constantly. So it's that, that, that gets a little bit hairier. And I, you know, we, when you're in, when you're a band, like a lot of, I don't want, I can't say that I'm an activist. You know, I can't, that's a hard thing to, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a hard to say that when I feel like I devote, you know, the majority of my energy to to, to play music. I, I want to sp- spread the word. I want to donate when I can. I want to make sure that money that we make goes to certain places. But like, it's, it's um at the end of the day, it's like, I still write a bunch of chords and sing songs about my feelings, you know? So um, it's, it's, uh it's, it's tough figuring out where to draw that line, what I'm comfortable with. And I'm still figuring that out. And I'm sure that that's a, that's something that you never quite fully land on. Um, an answer to. Wouldn't you say, or I would certainly say that music is a part of um, activism and what you do with your melody and your progressions. And, you know, it's, it's how you express the things that are troubling to you, the anxieties you have, you know, the joys you have as an artist. That's what we do. We transmute the emotion of, of the day. It doesn't necessarily mean it's like we're doing a protest song every time, but I do believe that art in its own way is a form of activism. Like, it's like a molecular activism. Like, if the way that you or I think gets put into a song and it inspires a younger person to, like, shift their attitude towards a certain subject, then then hell yeah. Um, but, I, but, yeah, when it comes to, like, the, the protest song of it all, like, that, that feels a little more, like, um, that feels harder to wrap your head around because, like, especially, like, thinking about a person like Bob Dylan who, like, you know, started his career that way and then eventually... Um, kind of like rejected it because it's like, this not, this isn't what, how it's working. Like, frankly, especially in 2020, um, I feel like, you know, you're the, the best thing that we can possibly do is open someone else up to a new way of thinking. And when you list, when you give a list of demands, when you say we need to, to like acknowledge these communities or we need rights for so-and-so, or we need like, it, that is not inviting someone to a conversation. And I wish it was, um, it's but it's it seems like like it's sort of like you're 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 announcing to the people that already know all this stuff that you're on their team and you're announcing to the people that disagree with you that you disagree with each other and but it it's so much harder and so much more nuanced to find people who are engaging in ways that are actually um inviting and beckoning people into a conversation and that's the stuff that like totally flips me out and that feels like well, that you can, there's like a, there's like a, uh, a 
of a, a, a difference being made here, a discernible difference. When, even if it's just one person being like, I hear you and I, I see you, you know, like a friend of ours, um, it's a gay married man who was talking to his uh, Trump or uncle um, who they just disagree. They love each other a lot. And after the vice president's debate, <clears throat> they called and was like, how do you feel? How do you feel? You know how I feel. You know how I feel. Then my our friend was like, well, I'm really scared and I just want to vote for my rights. And then his uncle was like, okay, I will. And it was this like amazing moment for them as, as, uh, as relatives. Um, and then he snuck in there like, but it's California. It doesn't matter anyway, because Trump's going to lose. Um, but, but, uh, but it was just any, anyway, all I mean is like, like when I hear that sort of story, that feels like, sometimes I wonder if that's making more of a difference than like, you know, an Instagram blurb that I might put up about why it's important to vote. <laughs> I'm very much somebody who believes in that kind of like, that we have to be able to have conversations. We have to think outside, like who agrees with us and find a way to actually have meaningful conversations with people who don't. And it's also like you're, we're trained by our, our screens and phones. Like we're, it trains us to reduce every person to what we see in a comment section. We like, when I hear that someone's voting a certain way, I take it to these, I, 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 I take it to the extremes in my head. And then I talk to like family members of mine. I had an amazing conversation the other day with a cousin of mine who's voting for Donald Trump and I'm not. And we both know that about each other. And we talked about politics for an hour and a half or something. Did not change each other's minds whatsoever. But it allowed us to see each other's humanity. It made me feel so much better. And it's like, you know, if Instagram and Twitter and Facebook just straight up didn't exist, this would be the time that people, this this would be the only arena in which people with opposing views would be able to come together. And this is how the conversations would go. They wouldn't get into, you guys are a bunch of like satanic evil demons and like and you know they wouldn't go to those places because because frankly people are just like when when you're when you're in someone's face you just you're a little more respectful and so like it's i really feel like it's this distance that 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 it creates more division and it's like we actually don't disagree as much as we think and that's that's another terrifying prospect like he was telling me like i hate to fund the police but what we should do is address the protections of police unions because they protect these cops too much and I'm like, dude, you're just explaining defund the police to me. He's like, yeah, but I don't like that. And it's like, okay, I'm not even going to judge that because he probably has reasons I'm not even aware of for not liking it. And the crazy thing was it wasn't even that we were close. Like we were literally on the same page. It just, we both had different languages in which to communicate it. And that is something that's drilled into us constantly. And it's so fucking scary. One thing I find interesting is like, it's easy to pit people against each other, right? Like you said, social media, that's basically what it does. It's just a, a, a feedback loop of your own people. It's tough because I feel like we're so like these, we're like cemented into these ways of thinking. Like you can't, everybody has a brand. Everybody has like a, 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 a certain demographic they're appealing to. Like it would be so rad if there was a community in which people could say fossil fuels are bad. And a lot of people work in those industries and a lot of families depend on that money that's made. Both of these things are true. And like, let's like, let's be as, as, let's make our hearts as big as possible to talk about both things at the same time and not waver at all to continue to talk about people that are like literally like terrified because they're a multi-generational family that like works in a coal mine. 
And it's like we it's so easy, especially as a guy from L.A., like it's so easy to be inundated with. Can these people not understand that it's ruining our planet? It's like this is what all they have. And we're acting like it's 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 like just go get a different job, like at a different supermarket or something. It's like this, this is more important than that. And we don't give it the respect it deserves. And if I were to like go on a, a platform and start like saying this kind of thing, people are like, well, well, whose side are you on? And all this, and, and it's a pretty terrifying world when you start to like give too much space for all sides at once. So it's like, it's, that's the thing that like, I love what you're saying, but I also, it, I also like, I can't see that world right now because of um, how um, we're all scared into getting in line with our, 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 our demographic. And it shouldn't be that way. It wasn't always that way. Um, even like, even when America was much more of a warring country, we were still able to like see each other, um, as like, as Americans in ways that we just don't now. So like, that's the thing that that's the, that's the, the, to me, like kind of the million dollar question of like, for, for any of what you're saying to be possible, we have to figure out a way where we're not literally crucified by like giving space for opposing opinions and to like just straight up acknowledge them and say that's fair there has to be that kind of willingness you you have a willingness to talk through something but if the other person doesn't Mm -hmm. it's a dead end and it's also about how you how you enter into that conversation like the way the the analogy that i've had like like the way that people are talking to each other through their devices it's sort of as if you were to come to my house and if you like had a cup of coffee and you just like left it on the kit, like left it on the kitchen table and like went into the other room. And if I like saw that and came up to you and like, what the fuck is your problem? You're supposed to rinse that out and put it in the dishwasher. How dare you? That would be insane. I would never say that to anybody. I would say like, Oh, that's all good. Just so you know, like but whatever, probably. probably um, but, and, and so that's like the funny thing about the way we're all communicating. There's none of that allowance for 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 someone else like what you're saying about relationships it's like there's a difference between saying your piece and saying your piece in order to be heard um one is just simply making an announcement because you have to let it out and frankly like that's a reason that's reasonable like we all have that like this has to come out it doesn't matter how mad it makes you um but if you if there's any eye towards making someone hear you then that's not how you can communicate. And we continue to not want to like acknowledge that myself included. I mean, I've gotten in the mud more than I'd care to admit. um, Thanks to my phone and computer, you know? Yeah. Haven't we all? I feel like we covered the question about activism. So I really want to ask you just how music found you before your launched artist joins us. Music found me before I even noticed music. I, I don't remember music like coming into my life because our dad was was so musical so i my earliest memories of music are just singing songs with him in harmony at the piano and and like there was never all those like first grade little essays where it's like you know what do you want to be when you grow up there was never there was never any other thing there was never astronaut or firefighter it was always like i'm gonna be a singer because my dad is and because that's all i know how to do and so everything was just geared towards that it was just not ever a decision I even made. It's funny though, because it makes it so that everything else has much more of like a romance to me. Like when I meet someone, they're like, yeah, I'm a journalist. I'm just like, my mind's blown or, or the idea of being a novelist to me is so much cooler than writing songs. Cause like, because like you and I'm not claiming I'm like an expert by any means, but because it's like the only thing I know how to do because I've done it for so long, 
it sort of gets confused in my brain as not knowing how to do anything <laughs> just because it's like, well, yeah, that's just song. That's, I don't, that's not, that's just whatever. It's not, that's not that cool. Like you were a journalist. <laughs> um, so like, it's, it's funny how it just like sits in my head as something like, I'm very proud of it, but I also feel like um, sometimes I, 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 uh, I guess I take it for granted. I think I, I saw that you're going to be a dad and this I'm assuming is the first time in your life. Are you so excited about that? Have you started uh, writing songs for the baby yet? <laughs> we're actually a little bit. We've done some like little jokey songs and stuff. And also it's cool to get, get that question after talking about uh, talking about being a musician, because like, I feel like it's the, like, I'm so excited to put that, you know, in the bio line, I'm so excited to put that before musician. I'm so excited to be a dad first a husband first and a musician like way down the list. Um, I, I feel like it's like, it's all I've ever wanted and I'm just so excited. Yay. Well, thank you so much for sharing your time and your songs and melody and, and now um, an artist that we've not heard of and we're excited that you're here to launch Christian Lee Hudson. Welcome to launch left. How's it going? Good. Thanks for having me. Taylor, Taylor Goldsmith here said, told us that, we should know about you. And we're really excited that he made the recommend. So we wanted to just say hi to you. And I, I assume you guys know each other. And see, I thought I was going to launch. I was launching you. I didn't, I didn't know who was going to be launched or who was launching. So is it a deal breaker now that you're the one being launched? I actually have to, I only have five minutes left here. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna have to jump on that. Well, let's make it count. <laughs> Your song "Northsider." Your, I assume it's part of a record, no? Yeah, um, it's a part of my. I guess it's my debut or label debut or whatever. Um, uh, it's called the album's called Beginners, um, and yeah, "Northsiders" was the first single on it. Have you been very productive uh, this year or are you have been under the covers? It depends on, depending on who I ask, it can go either way. I think kind of both. I don't know. I, I spent, I spent like the first four months of quarantine, like, oh no, I have all this time and I don't know how to write or be creative anymore. And then I got into a little bit of a groove. Now I feel okay about it but i'm i might be psyching myself out how do you all know each other Griffin, it's through it's through my brother um yeah you guys i don't know how you guys met but he introduced me to you we met through like a twitter interaction not through him but like our mutual friend dash who was playing in like heim at the time hit me up because he had seen like a video of me playing on youtube or whatever and asked if i wanted to come record at his house and he I was like, yeah. And then he's like, do you mind if I get like a drummer? And Griff was the drummer. And then that's how Griff and I met. And that's then awesome. we met three. Yeah. That's then- right. Taylor, you're in a band with your brother. I forgot about yeah. that part. That's so cool. I love sibling music. It's it's like uh, you don't really have to use language. Yeah, it is, it's, it, I feel so lucky. He's he's the best. And he's all, we've also just never like, yeah, he just he gets it right away. And he knows what to do with it. And there's never there's never been a second thought, like, which is even when the songs are bad, he's like, I'm down, let's do it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Christian, tell me what hollow body that is behind you. The red one. Uh, this is, uh, I actually don't know. It's like a, 
Are you in a prop house? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I've never. This. I've only been here for a minute, so I don't. I couldn't really tell you. But, uh, <laughs> no, this is my my wife's guitar. It's like a old like silver tone or something like that. Oh yeah, look at that. It's beautiful. Um, yeah, thanks. It's very tiny. Um, short scale neck. Now, do you not, write on guitar? Yeah, usually. I mean, sometimes I write on piano because I don't know how to play it as well. And then I'll take it back to the guitar just to kind of come up with something that so my and fingers these, aren't falling in the familiar places. Will you do a thing where like you, you write a song where it's just because you're his for those for those listeners out there that don't know this um, uh, Christian's a phenomenal guitarist. And when you um, when you do you start with like a simple progression, like a four chord thing, write your melody, write your words, and then you start to kind of invent a big guitar piece around it? Or is the, is the, is the, is the involved guitar work kind of like what you start with? Um, it's different for, for, I'd say like, it's, it's pretty like half and half. Like sometimes I'll just write an entire song and then I like need to build like a little world in order for me to, it actually is based around kind of a weakness because I don't, I'm not like a very strong singer. So if I don't figure out a way to like build a map of the world that the song exists in, I can't uh, remember the melody that well. <laughs> so I have, to work, I have to figure out how to play the melody and like move it around so that like, yeah, I'm like following this little road or whatever until I, so I don't fuck it up. So fascinating, uh, different artists, props, like how we write. Does, do songs get beamed to you or is it always like a process where you sit and you're like, I'm going to write a song? I feel like, you know, it always, it, like there are definitely songs that, that I know they took some time to write, but when they're done, I sort of feel like, wow, I don't know how that got here and I'm so glad it did. Um, and And I wish I knew how to do it so I could do it again, but I don't know how. So that definitely happens, but it's never like, I love those stories of like, you, know, you hear like, I remember I told Ben Montinch, the keyboardist in the Heartbreakers, uh, I told him that that song Swingin' is so good. And he's like, oh, well, like that version that Tom, Tom Petty's band, when Tom, like the version that you're hearing is the second time we ever played it. The first time we played it was the take before when Tom was literally writing it as he was singing it. Like, that's not possible. And he's like, no, Tom did it. He would just start playing a profession and just make up a song. And it would be like, in some cases, really popular song. So to that extent, I've never experienced automatic writing, but uh, I've definitely done stuff where I thought, like, I don't know how that happened. What about you, Christian? Uh, I don't, I mean, yeah, I don't, it usually takes, like, a lot of, like, messing with it to get it to a place where, if I have done anything like that, no one will ever hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I like to mess with it until I'm, like, I'm positive that I'm not going to humiliate myself three years <laughs> from now. <laughs> by having someone hear it um but yeah i don't I, I wish that i could write like that i feel like the people that can do that and like are good like immediately like just shit out a hit like tom petty it's like yeah. <laughs> people are fucking psychopaths <laughs> well i remember hearing a story and i don't know how it's true that david bowie would just like write a ton of different lyrics and then piece them together right i don't know there's just so many ways that artists do use their creative to get somewhere and I love hearing how, because everybody's so different. Yeah, and it's, it's the definition of songwriting, just like not humiliating yourself. 
Exactly. I mean, it's really just, it's, <laughs> it's dedication. Some people call it uh, pride. It's the name that other people, you know, you, there are many names for it. So. <laughs> well, can I ask you the question I asked Taylor about music, which is how did music find you? Music found me going to school with kids that listen to music. My parents didn't listen to any music. Uh, when I was growing up, like I, my, I feel like the most music that I heard was like shopping at Ross with my mom, like whatever, like nineties R and B hits were playing as we walked the aisles of Ross. Um, and I had no like connection or I couldn't like connect that, that, that was people that made that. It was just like a thing that existed. And then, uh, yeah, I, I went to school with, these kids who like started a band and that was like, they introduced me to like Nirvana and like Blink-182 and like all this like SoCal pop punk stuff that was like popular when I was that age. And that, I don't know, that helped me, that made me like put together in my mind that it was possible that uh, you could like do that. Did you do lessons or did you teach yourself? How did, how did actually becoming a player or a songwriter come to you? Um, I did, uh, my friend like taught me some like bar chord, like drop D like bar chords. And I was like, I just kind of learned from the internet <laughs> from there. I like had enough to like make, like write a song or whatever. Um, like the first week that I started playing guitar and then from there I like learned off of like tabs and stuff for just songs that I liked learning other people's songs. Wow. So you became, as Taylor said, a phenomenal guitarist, but uh, self-taught. Yeah. I've been told though many times that like, I'm going to like have like really crippling arthritis or something eventually because I'm not like technically. <laughs> you finger pick wrong or something? <laughs> I did. It's, I, I, somebody like a guitar teacher told me one time I like took like a summer program when I was in um, high school at Berkeley College of Music. And they're like, you're going to have arthritis when you, when you bring that thumb over when you play the D chord or whatever, <laughs> you're going to have arthritis and never play guitar again. Well, I hope you don't get arthritis, but I'm so uh, grateful to both of you for being on the show and talking about how music found you and the importance of music and art in our lives and for sharing your amazing music with us here on Launch Left. So thanks for being here. Bye, everybody. Thanks, Taylor. Thanks, Rain. Hi, I'm Taylor Goldsmith, and the artist that I would like to launch left is Christian Lee Hudson with his song, Northsiders. I was new in town, kind of goth. I met you in the science quad. You asked if I had any pot. We're going up to Mikey's spot. Covering important ground Tried cocaine at my cousin's house Yeah, I'm probably addicted now The things that children lie about I didn't notice it was getting late You offered me a place to stay We live up in the Palisades Tell your folks you ran away Besides, you're a north sider now Nothing's going to change it, pal. 
was so pretentious then Didn't trust the government Said that we were communists And thought that we invented it Morrissey apologists Amateur psychologists Serial monogamists We went to different colleges Said that we would always be branches on the same old tree, reaching away from each other for eternity. And you know I can't argue with that. Nothing's going to change it now. The brake lights up ahead I hope it was an instant death Sometimes I imagine us way down the line Getting fat somewhere in the countryside It's crazy how things shake out sometimes But maybe that's enough magic for me Nothing's going to Change it now. Launch Left aims to create an intentional space that highlights and empowers all artists for whom radical creativity is not a choice, but a necessity. Launch Left begins with music, but its ultimate aim is to launch left-of-center artists in all creative fields. 